there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, guys? The mini bye week is over, and it's time to get back to work. And the part one of the week six preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Bet Online. The wait is finally over. We got all kinds of sports fun coming back. The NBA Finals have been wrapped up, but we still got football. We got the uh, League Championship Series are underway with Major League Baseball. You might not be able to get to a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. My guest today is from the Panther Nation podcast. His uh, Rashad Beard is our host, or excuse me, I'm the host. He's the guest. He's going to be joining us to talk all things Panthers and Bears uh, for week number six. So what do you go say? We, we dive right into this bad boy. It's the week six preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. After the mini buy with the victory over the Tampa Bay, the Bears return uh, to the field on Sunday when we travel down to Charlotte to take on the Carolina Panthers to kick off week number six and help us preview this matchup between the Bears and the Panthers from the Panther Nation podcast, Rashad Beard. Rashad, thanks for doing the show, man. What's up? What's up? Bro? I appreciate the the warm welcome in there. Let's let's talk let's talk some football, man. I'm excited. So whenever I have a new guest on the show. Uh, I like to ask them, you know, get a little bit of background, uh, like some introductory questions. Uh, the first question is, where are you from? The second one is, where are you now? And then the third one is, your favorite memory as a fan of the Carolina Panthers. All right, so I won't it, – it's, it's a loaded question asking you where I'm from. My dad's military, but uh-huh. my family um, is based – My da- yeah, my family's based out of North Carolina. Uh, so I'm originally from Fayetteville. I was born in Georgia, but we won't go through, go that route. I call Fayetteville, North Carolina home. Okay. Home of J. Cole. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm, I'm from Fayetteville. I currently live in Charlotte. So, okay. you have a Charlotte uh, native right here. Right. Uh, so, you're the exception. Here. I live about. Yeah. You're yeah, the exception, yeah, yeah. not the rule. We just we talked about it briefly before we got started. You actually exactly. being in Charlotte where the Panthers are, that's a rarity yeah. for my guests on the show. Yeah, I'm about 15 minutes north uh, from Bank of America Stadium, so okay. I'm, I'm not far at all. I, I travel down there sometimes to go to the practice facility area, go grab some autographs every now and then. Obviously not this year, but years prior. Uh, right. But, yeah, I'm, I'm here, um, right here in Charlotte. And my favorite memory uh, is obviously going 15-1. and one. Um, I, I got a couple. I'm going 15-1 and one with Cam Newton. Uh, in 2015, that season was magical, man. Yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't it didn't uh, end the way we wanted to, and we just ran into a, a you know an all world beating defense at that time. Um, 
but that's probably one of them. My other memory is, is, is obviously X-Clown, Steve Smith, Jake DeLone connection to uh, beat the Rams. What a wonderful play. I actually used that, uh, that specific play on my intro uh, of the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you click on the Panther Nation podcast video. That play is the first video you see as a part of my uh, as a part of our intro. So that play is definitely epic. Uh, Steve Smith is my favorite player of uh, Panther player of all time. Uh, so I love Steve Smith, man. Uh, so yeah, it, that, those are two of my favorite moments, uh, Panther moments. When you said Delome, when you said Delome to Steve Smith, I thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna stab me in the gut there and be like, yeah, when Delome and Steve Smith went for like two twenty against the Bears in the playoffs yeah, in two thousand and five. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. all right, that's the end of this right. interview. We'll see you later, bro. <laughs> let's, let's turn it off. <laughs> yeah, we're nah, done that's here. Funny. That's funny. We're done here. Yeah, no. Nah, all right, that's so, funny, but yeah, yeah, man. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say that you know, uh, like thanks to to COVID uh, and everything, it, you know, for a while there. I didn't do I'm, – I'm usually pretty busy during the offseason doing shows, keeping up on things. But just because we're watching one sport after another cancel their seasons like there were no NCAA championships last year or for the you know, Final Four and all that kind of stuff, I kind of kept arms everything at arm's distance because I just didn't know if there was going to be a season. Yeah. So I wasn't really keeping up on much outside of things that made big headlines. So outside of – knowing that, you know, Ron Rivera w- was replaced as head coach by Matt Rule, that Cam Newton was moving on or let go, uh, Greg Olson is off in Seattle now, and Teddy Bridgewater is yep. the head coach. I don't know – or excuse me, not the new quarterback, I should Matt say. Um, I don't really know much about what went down with the Panthers during the offseason because coming into the year, it's like there was, I guess, kind of a low expectation – New coach, fresh out of yep. college, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, first time being a starter since like 2015 and, and things like that. The expectations outside of Christian McCaffrey doing his thing weren't high with the yep. Panthers. So, you know, what did you guys have looking forward to in 2020 besides the growing pains of a new regime? Listen, man, uh, that is a great question. And if you ask me this question uh, during the offseason, I'm going to say, hey, we're, we're going to look at about, you know, about four wins. Uh, we'll go four and twelve. You know, we'll you know be in position to maybe draft, get in get in position for Trevor Lawrence, and we'll go from that aspect. Uh, very very low expectations. Uh, listen, a lot of things went down with the Panthers in the off season, and a lot of it was it was it was about time. I mean, Ron Rivera really is, is a great coach. I mean, he's a, he's a great coach, a players coach. I love him as a coach, um, but I think the time here. Was it was it was overdue. Um, it, we we needed a change, and with new ownership, with David Tepper coming in, um, you know he's going to bring in his guy. I mean, he was Ron Rivera was a holdover, um, the holdover coach from uh, Jay Richardson and whatnot. So I, it it was time. It was time, and along with that change, along with the head coach change. Now I will say this, Matt Rule. I, I did not like the hire uh, <laughs> the college coach thing. I, I didn't like it. Uh, if you go look at history that has not worked out very well right uh, over the long run so I, I wasn't a fan of the hire um but uh you know the, the guy you know you listen to the guy's inter- introductory uh press conference and you're like man this dude ha- he had me ready to run through a brick wall uh, <laughs> just listening to him speak you know what i'm saying so he's a really good play- he's a good guy man he seems very down to earth um but as far as the football perspective i just really didn't have any expectations um and Again, the, the whole Cam Newton thing, I don't know, you, you, I don't think you brought up Cam, but there's a lot of, even to this day, there's a lot of pissed off Panther fans 
um, that do not like the way it went down. And I, and I get it. They don't, they don't like the way it went down with Cam. Uh, we probably could have released him a little bit earlier to get, uh, you know, to get on a team a little bit quicker. They felt like we held him hostage. I get all that. Um, and listen, it, 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 a new coach, you got to give him the opportunity to bring in their guy as far as quarterback. So I wasn't, again, I wasn't against that either, um, that move, just because Cam Newton hasn't proven to, uh, that he's going to be healthy long-term uh, and stay healthy. He'll, he'll start out healthy, but staying healthy is the issue. So I wasn't mad at us moving on from Cam Newton either. Love Cam Newton. Uh, I'm not going to cheer for him, for him in the Patriots uniform, but when he hangs it up, I mean, he, he is one of my top uh, probably five Panther players of all time um, easily. Uh, but, yeah, I just, you know, guarded optimism is where I am now, though. If you ask sure. me right now the where things are, listen, things are looking good. Uh, still, low expectations as far as, each game, it's it's different. Each, we're we're learning something new each week. Um, you know, other teams are going to start to uh, you know start to scheme for us, and it's it's going to get interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, you know, moving forward. But um, I guess you know, long winded answer, but that's that's kind of where I am right now um, at for, for the Panthers. Because I, you know, like I said, I I only knew like the the you know the big things that happened, the stuff that made the front page yep. on on Sports Center, Matt Rule, new head coach, and massive contract, and everything was lured yep. away from the Giants, and uh, and things are like, you know, because he was supposed to be one of the hot candidates for them, and Carolina swooped in to, you know, to to take him up, and then of course the the drama with with the Cam Newton thing, and and you know trying to hang on to him for as long as humanly possible to try to get something for him rather than yep. giving him away uh for free Correct. and then we as bear fans and our quarterback com- uh, conversation and during the off season i blame covid for the fact that cam newton is not in a bear uniform right now because yeah, Ryan, gonna, yeah our, our general manager is like super I don't, I don't know if he's superstitious or super cautious about you know people with health uh, issues and without being able to have our doctor check him out and all that kind of stuff, I guess he just wasn't willing to take it, take it a blind faith uh, risk on on Cam Newton, and that's why that didn't happen. And um, you know he'll never be able to live that one down, especially if Cam Newton is the second coming of Tom Brady in New England. So um, you know it's uh, it was you know that kind of thing, and then Teddy Bridgewater signing to take in, and it was like okay. So that's what they're doing. So they got Bridgewater and McCaffrey, no Greg Olson. So, okay. And it's like, you know, those are the apparently the building blocks that they're going to start with. So expectations weren't high. And then the first couple of games, you kind of have that back and forth with Vegas. Then you kind of get, um, you know, run over by the, the Buccaneers. And like, okay, well, they were supposed to struggle. New coach, new quarterback, and blah, blah. And then – you rattle off, you beat the Chargers in L.A., and then the big surprise was Arizona, who came out the gates 2-0. and You guys took it to them out there. Uh, you know, and you had them at home, and, you know, you, you solved the puzzle that was Kyler Murray and, and, you know, quieted him down and were able to beat him. And then, you know, last week you beat the Falcons. I mean, everybody's done that so far. But it's like you started yeah. out 0-2, and, and that was kind of like in line with what everyone was thinking. But now all of a sudden you're 3-2, and two, tied for first place in the division with everyone else. So, I mean, it's like, okay, so who are the Panthers then? Yeah, no, I, I will say I will say uh, that that Falcons victory, I, I mean, you can say everybody beats the Falcons, but, hell, we haven't beat them in, uh, in, in, in five consecutive games. So that game was oh, big wow. for okay. us. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, we hadn't beaten the Falcons in five consecutive games. We hadn't beaten them in Atlanta since 2014. So that, that was a big game for us. Um, sure. And it, it's a rivalry game for us. We're, we're separated by about three hours. Um, Atlanta looks at Charlotte like a, a stepsister or stepson. Um, they, they really don't. It, there's some real beef between Atlanta and Charlotte. So, huh. um, yeah, yeah, it, it's interesting. Uh, so that, that game, I mean, you can overlook it and say, hey, it was, that was, everybody beats Atlanta. But that game was huge for us um, as Panther fans and as a city. Um, it's a big, a big win for us, big win for us. Um, but yeah, as and, and, and interesting because I don't, I don't think he brought up um, Christian McCaffrey. You know, Christian McCaffrey goes down. Yeah. Right. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy. Um, and listen, I, I gotta say this. Um, I'm, I'm the type of guy that, and I had to learn this myself. Um, listen, I, I think Christian McCaffrey's a great player, uh, but all running backs are replaceable. Sure. All of them. Yeah. Every one, every running back is replaceable. So, and, and you look at the, the, the Christian McCaffrey contract. Um, and at the time of the, the signing and the extension of Christian McCaffrey, the Panthers needed a face, right? We needed we needed no Cam Newton. New Keekly retires. Brandon Olson's gone, like you said. We went through it, and we needed a face. And I think Christian McCaffrey is was the the signing to me was more of a signal that this is our guy. This is our this is the new face of the franchise than a football move, if that makes sense. Sure. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but. But yeah, Christian McCaffrey goes down. Mike Davis comes in and essentially duplicates the production. So um, for any Panthers fan that's watching this, they may not like that statement, but it's just a fact. Okay, it's it's all about scheme. It's all about production. Um, it, listen, I love Christian McCaffrey, but his stats are they they're through the roof because we fed the guy 30, 37 times a game. Like it, it, there's not too many running backs that won't put up the numbers given the amount of uh, opportunity he had to touch the ball. And sure. and it didn't equate to any victories, and that's my biggest thing. Right. Yeah, he put out he put up a thousand for a thousand, um, but uh, we were five and eleven, so it doesn't that doesn't matter. So right now he's down, and we're winning. I don't think there's there's no coincidence that it, the, the the you know the football is not being forced down Christian McCaffrey's throat. It's being spread out to all the weapons on the field, and it, it's making our offense better. And I'm hoping that and, and again to to Joe Brady's credit, um, even when Christian McCaffrey was healthy. The first two games, we didn't force feed Christian McCaffrey. It was in the it was in the uh, in the breath of the offense and in the flow of the offense. Uh, Christian McCaffrey wasn't getting a lot of receptions, uh, but you know I'm hope, hopeful that when he comes back, we can use both running backs and we can you know use everybody on the field instead of just feeding Christian McCaffrey. Uh, that that's my hope. Because that was a that was definitely going to be like my next question is that you know I was I was certain that McCaffrey went down week two against the Buccaneers yep. is that correct that's correct yeah yes. and then you 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 lose that game against Tampa and then you you rattle off the the three straight I was going to ask has the offense improved it was it addition by subtraction for the offense like you know we're not trying to feed him the ball 80 percent of the time so he can catch and run you know every offensive play that we get now we're forced to look at everybody else and it's working better we have more of a rhythm now than we did before McCaffrey got hurt well, I don't, I don't know that we were in the first two games. He didn't get a ton of touches like that. So I okay. don't know that it was – and, again, they said, and credit to Matt Rule and credit to the whole offensive staff, they spoke up Mike Davis the entire offseason because Mike Davis carries a $2 million cap hit, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like he was he, – he, although he's pretty cheap and relative to Christian McCaffrey, he wasn't free. He's not one of these guys we picked, we picked up off the, off the street. Like, he was getting paid a decent amount. And they spoke him up. They spoke highly of him all off season. 
He's come out and do nothing but show and prove that. Like, he's been great. Uh, Mike Davis, and you guys, I think he's a former Bear, correct? He played with you guys last year for a little bit, did he not? He had a cup of coffee with us last year, yeah. we, we signed. Yeah, 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 we signed him to be the, the backup behind uh, Montgomery, and for one reason or another with Montgomery and Cohen, uh, we never got him on the field. And then it's like we we could have used him, I'm sure, but instead it became about like if we let him go before this date, then we get a compensatory yeah. pick for him. And we were going into an off season where we had two second round picks and then not another pick until the fifth round. So it was just it was yeah. more of a strategic move than had anything to do with Mike Davis uh, or anything like that. He did not get a fair shot in Chicago. Nobody is denying that. So yeah, no, um, but, but Mike is Mike has been great. Mike has been great for us. Um, again, he has he has great hands. He's shown that on a couple other teams he's been with. He's got great hands. He runs super physical. He's a much more physical runner than McCaffrey is. Um, he can fight for those 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 short yardage and goal. I mean, he was running through Atlanta last week. I mean, there was one play where he, uh, I think it was uh, it was towards the end of the quarter or in the end of the half, and uh, he had to get out of bounds, and he literally ran from. The opposite side of the field ran through running, uh, ran ran through cornerbacks, ran through safeties to get out of bounds, and it was just impressive. If you if you get a chance to go back and watch that play, I mean, this dude was running possessed, and I think he his he lost his dad last year to cancer, and he's from Atlanta. So I mean, the guy was just I mean, he has so much motivation, and it's just good to see all that hard work pay off for Mike Davis. And I, again, I, I just hope that when McCaffrey's happy, um, excuse me, when McCaffrey's healthy, um, that we can get both of those guys on the field at the same time and do some real damage and confuse some offenses. Well, I, I imagine the motivation might also be there this week uh, for Mike Davis uh, as well. <laughs> yeah. So um, maybe yeah. just a little bit, just a little tinge, you know, that he barely made it to like week yeah. five or whatever it was as a, as a member of, of the Bears. And, um, yeah, I <laughs> – and the funny thing is that we uh, as Bear fans know that when we run into people like this, somebody who, quote unquote, wasn't good enough for us uh, or somebody that didn't get a fair shot and then go someplace else and thrives. Um, another example would be Cedric Benson. He was a top draft pick for us. He just wasn't a good fit uh, in Chicago. We traded away Thomas Jones to hang on to him. And then that very season, he was terrible. Uh, got injured, and then during the offseason couldn't stop getting arrested, so the Bears cut him. He goes to Cincinnati and becomes the back that we drafted him to be, including a 145-yard three-touchdown performance against us in 2009. So I could see something like that happening where Mike Davis just finds a couple of holes, breaks a a few big runs, and, you know, it was the Mike Davis show. It was the Mike Davis revenge game against the Bears uh, on Sunday. This is what they are missing out on, especially since the last couple of games we've been struggling running the ball, and maybe this is a guy that could have helped us with the way he's been running this year. So that's just the um, glass half empty part of being a Bear fan, that things like this tend to happen. Uh, from time to time. So the, the Mike Davis and hit the way he's been playing is what has me a little nervous about coming into this game uh, on Sunday. Sure, yeah. We've, we've had our, our fair share of blood and guts game. I mean, we've got a, a revenge game named blood and guts uh, when Steve Smith went to the Ravens after oh, yeah. he was cut and absolutely destroyed. So we've had our fair share of return revenge games as well. So I, I, know, I know the feeling. I know the feeling for sure. You guys have the... 
you don't have the Patriots this year, do you? No, we don't. We had them in the preseason. Uh, but I'm so glad that we don't have to play Cam Newton because it would have been – and ooh, we would have gotten destroyed so bad had we played them. Uh, he would have, like, went off on us. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we don't play them. We don't play them this year. Unless it's in the Super Bowl, which could be interesting. Right. Yeah, that would be uh, interesting. <laughs> um, well, I mean, everybody has, uh, like, the opposite happening with – Tampa Bay and, and New England playing each other in the right. Super Bowl. Wouldn't that right. be something? Yeah. Especially since the Super Bowl's in Tampa uh, this year. So the Patriots would be the first team to, to ever do that, to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium uh, and everything. But um, let's talk about the uh, the defense because we've seen some improvement there, giving up 30-plus the first two games and then 16, 21, and, and 16 out of the defense the last three weeks, all resulting in – in victories for the Panthers, what changed from week two or the first two weeks to the last three? Well, that's a loaded question. Um, the, I think the biggest thing that's changed um, is, we well, against the, against the Cardinals, um, we did very well against the run. Uh, we did very well against the run. The run defense is still a problem. Um, I think we're, we're a bend-but-don't-break defense. We're going to give up some yards. Secondary is much, much, much improved. Um, and I think – you know, we, we got some injuries there. We got we we got um, uh, um, we've got Dante Jackson that is dealing with the toe uh, in the secondary, but our secondary is, is, is solid. Our secondary is playing well. We have got Rasul Douglas coming off uh, coming over from the Eagles. Um, he's I mean he came off the off the bus uh, week one. Uh, he was spent four days with the um, with uh, with us in practice and came out and, and uh, started. So he's he play he's playing very well. Uh, he shut down De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, last week or against against the Cardinals, um, so he, he's playing well. He's playing well. Just we just got to worry about uh, Dante Jackson. I'm not sure what what his what his health status is. I think we have our practice at 145 today, um, and we, I don't have any injury updates. We've got a lot of injuries, by the way, um, but uh, Dante's dealing with the toe, and I don't have any updates on that. Um, but we've got Troy Pride uh, spent a lot of draft capital on the defense, but they're young. They're young. We've got Jeremy Chin. I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jeremy Chin coming out of Southern, Southern Illinois, uh, but the man is balling oh, yeah. for us. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's he's what leading all rookies in tackles. Um, so he's uh, he's absolute steal of, of the draft for us. He's playing well. He's, he's got a he's a hybrid uh, linebacker slash safety slash corner. He's all over the place. Um, he is he runs a four four. Um, so he I mean once his once his anticipation. Uh, Skills are, are better once he trusts his eyes and what he sees. Because right now he's just reacting. He's, he's just reacting what he sees and, and using his speed to get there, right? Once yeah. he gets that reaction and that, that anticipation, uh, he's going to be really, really good. Um, but right now he's just reacting. Hence all the tackles that he has. He's just reacting to what he sees. But he's been great. Uh, Derek Brown, I mean, he was an absolute beast against the Cardinals. Uh, but then all the run game stuff regressed. Uh, last week we gave up a ton of yards to Gurley. Uh, so that's something we we've got to fix. I mean, um, you know, you guys are aren't the the best run offense, but I think you guys could. That's if if, the, if we're gonna get gashed up, you guys could gash us in the run in the run area, especially K1 Short. K1 Short's dealing with the shoulder. Um, he hasn't been the guy we we wanted him to be this year. Um, he's a bit older. Uh, he's coming off a, a a lower leg injury from last year, and uh, he has just hasn't been the guy. Now he's dealing with the shoulder, and it's just like man, he. He can't get out of his own his own way as far as injuries are concerned. Uh, but we drafted uh, we drafted Bravion Roy from from Baylor to help with the interior. We've got Zach Kerr to help help out with the interior. 
to go along with uh, with Derek Brown. So the run defense is still we we've got some work to we got some work to do there. Uh, we're still giving up giving up a lot of yards. I think we're 25th in run defense right now, giving up 133 yards a game. Um, so it's uh, it's not pretty. Uh, it's not pretty at all. Um, so, uh, but yeah, second day is looking good. Second day is looking good. Uh, hopefully, we'll put the ball in Foles' hands and uh, let him try to beat us. But that's 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 about what I can I can tell you from the defense. It's just not it's not pretty. We, we we're young. Uh, I think we'll have the youngest roster in the in the uh, in the NFL right now, and we put a lot a lot of our draft picks are playing. Um, we've got a fourth round corner playing uh, starting. Uh, we've got a uh, you know Derek Brown starting, obviously Jeremy Chen starting. They're all rookies and they're they're playing. So. It's uh, baptism by by, uh, by playing, uh, so sink or swim, and that's that's kind of where we are. And it's always it's always nice when you when you get that return uh, on investment with your with your rookies, and that's where like Ryan Pace as our general manager has been a mixed bag with that. It seems like he misses on the big picks, but he hits home run after home run in the mid rounds. Like we, you know, we've got our like one of our fifth round picks this year. Darnell Mooney is going to be a wide receiver. He's practically our number two wide receiver behind Robinson. That's how well he's worked out uh, up to this point. He has a, a gift for picking people in those fourth and fifth rounds, like Eddie Jackson, who was a who was a stud safety for his highest paid safety in the league right now. Uh, Tariq Cohen, unfortunately. You won't see him thanks to the Falcons and a low blow that they delivered to him when we played him a few weeks ago. Blew out his ACL yeah. oh, I, uh, and everything. I know it. But, you know, I it's know like. I know a lot about Tariq. Oh, I know for a lot sure. about Tariq. Well, yeah, he's from the North Carolina A&T, right? Which is my alma mater. Oh, sweet. Okay. <laughs> I, I went to A&T. Yeah, I went to A&T. My co-host also went to A&T. Okay. Uh, so I know, I know Tariq very, very well. Um, we actually attended. Uh, the game, um, his last game uh, in an anti uniform against Alcorn State, where he ran for 295 yards and three touchdowns. I am very familiar with the human joystick, and shout out to Tariq and Aggie Pride to Tariq to, to, to Tariq, and uh, prayers for him. I'm just happy he got paid uh, before the injury, oh, dude. Uh, the devastating injury. Yeah, that uh, was. But yeah, man, I'm much love to Tariq Cohen, man. He, as a matter of fact, our program has our, as anti football has been built on the back of Tariq Cohen. Um, we since since he left, we've added three additional celebration bowl victories, which is essentially the national championship for historically black colleges and universities. Um, so, much, 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 much love to Tariq Cohen, man. I I love Tariq, man. Love Tariq, love Tariq. And, and, and right, I, dig, I digress. No, I got I, I, that, I, man, for sure. I mean, I'm still I'm glad that he got paid before he got hurt as well. Because if he's, um, you know, still waiting on that extension before he gets hurt, then Number one, he's not going to get the money that he got, and number two, he might not have gotten it from us. Period. Um, you know, coming off the uh, the injury, which would have been stupid, but something that Ryan Pace would have done because now he's got the ACL uh, injury uh, and everything. So it's just uh, it was a good fortune thing that he was he was able to get paid before he got uh, injured. So we know that we got him uh, coming back, and he'll be healthy next year and. Uh, and everything so it's almost actually like a good thing he got hurt when he did because it's early in the season so you know he might still be able to do a full off season to get ready for next year as opposed to if he got hurt later uh, in the year he'd spend most of his year rehabbing uh, instead of getting ready to play uh, next season so hey guys gonna take a quick break from the show to give thanks to our sponsors 
Bet Online. The wait is finally over, and a triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football is in full swing with many teams strutting their stuff early. The NBA Finals are here, and the MLB playoffs are in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still get on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. The show is also brought to you by Manscaped. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of both of those holes. It's time to keep your your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor, powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Wow, there's a tongue twister. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled a nose hair out with your fingers? That might hurt worse than nicking your balls. That's no joke. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs and our holes looking nice. Now let's get back to the show. Back to what we were saying with the you know the return on investment you got Chin com- coming out there he was definitely on on our radar as far as the draft was concerned the Bears needed another bookend safety to go along with Eddie Jackson uh, and he was definitely on the radar but we went in a different direction with our draft picks uh, this year um, so but he was definitely out there somebody the Bears should be looking at because we needed another safety uh, to go along with uh, with Eddie and. Um, you know, it's always awesome when you hit on those guys that you draft later in the, the draft as uh, as well. Because, you know, these are guys that be like developmental guys. Maybe he's going to be on special teams. Maybe he can turn into something. And then he comes out and he's starting, starting and making plays uh, week one. It's always great to see that. Yeah, no, usually we're not that good. Uh, Marty Herney's usually not that good uh, drafting uh, uh, late. Um, he's terrible, actually. Um, and, and usually – uh, he he's knocked out the first round. I mean, I don't think he's ever missed on a first round draft pick. I mean, you you go back and look at his history. I mean, his first round draft picks have been great, uh, but those mid round picks have been pretty much awful for him. Uh, so I think with a lot, I think COVID actually helped us out, and I think uh, Matt Rule's relationship, being a college guy, helped us out tremendously in this draft. Um, and I, it's it's paying off, and I think. 
with a lot of rookies, I think opportunities is really what matters, right? I think you can draft a guy and just have him sit and then expect him to come off the bench in year two or three and, and be great. But, no, it's really about opportunity. Jeremy Chin, he, start, he started since week one. Um, Troy Pride started week one, actually. Um, and, like, these guys, and they're, they're playing pretty well, I think, just due to the opportunity. Obviously, talent has a lot to do with it, but it's, a lot of it has to do with opportunity. And I, I'm, I'm glad that we are actually given the opportunity to play because Ron Rivera, under the old regime, um, he definitely is. And you can see it with uh, – I, I, I feel for all the Redskins fans right now because you can see exactly what we've been dealing with uh, with Ron Rivera. He does not uh, play young guys at all. He, he, he loves playing his veterans and, and uh, gives no credence to young players. So that's why Haskins is benched right now. Um, because he's definitely going to go back. I mean, Kyle Allen. How do you start Kyle Allen over uh, Haskins? Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. It, there's to me, there's no valid reason for you to do that. Even if he's playing bad, let him develop. Develop. You have. You, there's no reason for you to do that. And I, that that's my biggest pet peeve with Ron Rivera is he always deferred back. I mean, he he had DJ Moore benched for like the first four or five weeks. DJ Moore would have had a thousand yard rookie season had had Ron Rivera played him earlier. And so it's just frustrating to go from I – mean, it's, it's enlightening to go from, from that to where we are now where the young guys are getting opportunities to play. And it's kind of surprising. It, it, it is and it isn't. I mean, Rivera come, you know, was a bear. He played for Chicago, a place where you know Mike Ditka also kind of subscribed to the veterans over rookies uh, kind of thing. But he also – Mike Ditka was also a guy that couldn't deny talent. So you would have – like a Neil Anderson out there when we still had Walter Payton on the roster and and things like that, you know, if the young if the kid's doing better than the than the old guy, then you got to put the kid in there. But he's also from the Andy Reid tree, and Andy Reid is not shy at all about putting young guys on the field. I mean, hell, he's he's won championships now with the with the Chiefs doing just that, exactly. I mean, like McCole Hardman out there and Tyree Kill was you know a third fourth round pick or whatever he was but he was playing well in practice so you put the kid on the field and see what happens I think the only person he's really ever been patient with was Mahomes letting him sit that whole first year before handing him the reins uh in in 2018 aside from that if you can play you're on the field and it's kind of surprising seeing seeing, um uh Rivera kind of do the opposite um and, and kind of holding some young guys back instead of helping them uh, get a chance but um, the only thing that I would have to say in defense of Rivera and why he pulled the trigger on Haskins now is because the NFC East is terrible and these guys were it was the difference between being in first place and last place is like half a game uh, out there it's like one three and one could put you in first place in the NFC East uh, right now it's so sad uh, out there so I guess he was trying to stay in first place maybe we a little bit better quarterback play we can own this division outside from that I'm with you I don't really see why he would do that to Haskins four games into the season so uh, yeah I'm, but I'm, I can I go ahead I can I can, say, I can I can tell you from experience though Kyle Allen's not the guy to, to, to win you a division it's, it's just not gonna happen I mean it, it didn't make any sense I mean right. he, he knew better than that he knew better than that and I think just because it's the co- whole continuity with Scott Turner and the offense I mean, he knew better than that, though. You, you can't, and even if you're in a you're in a win-win scenario with 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 Haskins, right? Let him play. If he pans out, great. You have a, a franchise quarterback. If he sucks, then well, you get a high draft pick. I don't I don't understand what the I, I don't you you were in a win-win scenario with Haskins. You know, just let him play it out. I don't. It didn't make any sense to me, but to each his own. Glad he's not a well. 
I'm not even saying I'm glad he's not our coach anymore. I'm just glad we don't have to deal with that, um, the lack of supporting young talent. Because, Ron, we've seen it with Ron over and over and over again. So, I don't know. But that's just me. That's just me personally. Yeah, no, I get it for sure. So, what are you looking forward to on on Sunday? Because I'm I'm having trouble with this one because, honestly – as as well as my team has managed to persevere and stick it out and four out of the five games come away with victories, it's still been a scary watch all five weeks uh, with the team because, you know, we're shaky here. Uh, we're stout on defense, but we're also a swinging gate in the running game at times. You know, a lot of bend but don't break, like you said, about the par- uh, the Panthers' uh, defense. You know, we, we, let, we give up a lot of yards, not necessarily – uh, a lot of points so like points seem like they're going to be at a premium uh this weekend when, when the teams match up uh the bears are the underdog coming in like two and a half point underdog uh to the panthers right now and you know it's like what are you guys thinking about sunday when the game comes up well i think there's a lot uh there's a lot of questions um yeah obviously sure. with the whole COVID, the whole COVID thing um i don't know if you know this but we just uh, went into intensive protocol procedures because Marlon Davidson from the Falcons uh, pa- tested positive for COVID. So yeah. uh, we're, we've gone into this intensive COVID thing where we have to do virtual meetings and guys have to wear masks and practice and whatnot. The same, the same thing that the Vikings did after playing the Texans, um, which obviously helped them to uh, result in no missed games uh, from, from COVID. So, um, I don't know. Uh, if there's a lot in the air. I don't have any updates as far as Burns. Brian Burns uh, went out with a concussion last week. Yotugos um, Matos went out with an ankle. Dante Jackson with a toe. Kewan Short with a shoulder. So our defense, it, there's a lot of questions on our defense, even healthy. But now that there's, now that there's no uh, – we could have a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. It could be interesting um, as far as that's concerned. We're going to have to rely on our depth. Um, uh, up front, uh, for sure. Uh, secondary, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty cool with. Uh, but the up front, you guys could, I think, could have a uh, resurgence in your run game against us. Um, and but if you know, if we, if we can figure it out, um, I think definitely uh, we'll be able to stand pat there. But from an offensive, from the offensive side of the ball, I really think, I think you guys might be in a little bit of trouble here. Um, our offense is is clicking right now. Um, and I think that uh, we Joe Brady's offense is really good. I think Teddy Teddy Bridgewater had some success against you guys last year with the Saints, uh, and it's uh, yeah. literally a, a kind of a mirror of what they ran in New Orleans. Okay, it's a little bit different. There's some nuances in there. We have a ton of speed. Um, you got Robbie Anderson, who is what third leading receiver in the league right now. Um, he's playing really well. Uh, DJ Moore. We have essentially two number ones. Uh, with DJ Moore and uh, and um, and Robbie Anderson and an underrated Curtis Samuel. I think we have one of the most underrated wide receiving cores in the league. Um, not only that, we have Seth Roberts as well, who's, who's pretty solid, and nobody really knows we have him. Um, and then uh, obviously Mike Davis is playing very well. I just think I think we are going to challenge you guys horizontally. So when you think about speed, you think about being challenged vertically. That's not what this offense is about. This is about challenging people horizontally. We're going to challenge your linebackers to play in space and put them in really, really bad situations. I think, I think our offense is going to put up. Oh, we have to fit now. There is. It's not all you know. All you know. Uh, rainbows and fairies. Now, I think we do have. We do have some issues in the red zone. Okay, we've got some issues scoring, but we can move the ball. 
we can move the ball. It's just about scoring. I think you, and it kind of lends to what you said about the Denver don't break defense. Uh, I think we're going to move the ball very well against you guys. Just a matter of, uh, of scoring. Can we score? Can we fix those issues? Now we did uh, coming off a terrible red zone performance um, in week uh, three. I think we fixed that in week four uh, by scoring on all of our red, red zone attempts uh, against the Cardinals. Uh, hopefully we can, I think last week we were against the Falcons. We were one of four in the red zone. Hopefully this week we can fix that. If we fix that, um, you guys could be in, a tr- in, in, in some trouble. Um, I got a question for you, though. I got yeah. a question for you. Um, Khalil Mack, what is going on? I think his production is down. Um, but help me out. Help me figure out what's going on with Khalil Mack. Because I, I told my listeners on Monday, is Khalil Mack the same guy? Obviously, you've got to scheme for him. You've got to figure it out. But what his, his stack totals, are they, I mean, are they on pace? What, what is going on with Khalil Mack? Or is it just, am I just tripping? Well, um, it's funny. If you'd asked me weeks one through four, I would say no. His um, he's doing a lot of stuff that doesn't translate onto the stat sheet. You know, cool. he's 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 getting after the quarterback. He's disrupting the pocket, but he's not quite getting home uh, the way that he usually does, or the way that he's known for, or especially this year, the way that he's expected to. Now that we have Robert Quinn on the other side, because as good as Leonard Floyd was in run defense, as good as he was in pass coverage for an outside linebacker, he was lousy in pass rushing. Uh, you know, and you thought that having Khalil Mack on one side would make him a better pass rusher. His pass rushing totals went south when Khalil Mack joined the team. Um, but then Thursday night against the Buccaneers happened. And the Buccaneers supposed to be really good in pass coverage. Khalil Mack was up Tom Brady's ass all night long, all night long. And there's still some some question for me. I really haven't had anybody answer it. Is I'm was wondering how many of his sacks counted because he finished the night with two, but he also had a sack on Brady that got flagged for roughing the passer or like unsportsmanlike conduct. And I don't know if they took that away from him. So he should have had three but ended up with two, or he had the two and then the flag was kind of a dead ball foul. Never gotten clarification on that. But him and Brady had an exchange. When he, like he had Brady wrapped up, they blow the whistle. Brady won't go down, so Khalil Mack kind of takes him down and they flagged him for it. When Brady gets up, he kind of leans over and says something to Khalil Mack. Well, fast forward to a little bit later on in the game, Khalil gets home and sacks Brady again, and you see as Brady's laying on his back, Khalil leans over and says something to him. And I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for those exchanges to finally say, to hear what one of what they said to each other. But it's like before week five, I would have said, you know, he's still disruptive, but he's not getting home like he used to. After last week, it almost looks like an awakening because – this was also the first week that he wasn't on the injury report with the limited limited practice time because he's been nursing a knee injury since training camp. And it basically, he looked like he was playing like his knee wasn't bothering him anymore. So we'll see if it was just a thing. He had a good night on, on short rest against the, the Buccaneers or you know his offensive line wasn't ready after short rest or whatever it was. We'll see how he, how he shows up and if he can you know make it two for two off the injury report against the uh, – the Panthers. I mean, that's one of the real questions is, you know, will he is Khalil Mack back back or is he just, you know, did he just have a really great night against the, the Buccaneers on, on national uh, TV? So, I mean, I think a lot of yeah. Bear fans are kind of wondering that as well. So it's, yeah, um, I think I, go ahead. 
I think Tristan he, he uh you know Worfs. he performed yeah. well against Tristan Worfs. Yeah, he Worfs is a rookie too at the same time. Mm-hmm. So did he did he abuse abuse the rookie? Probably. I <laughs> uh, gave him so a, a welcome to the NFL uh, moment. Did you uh, see the hip sure. toss? Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was pretty. Awesome. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, will will that performance go? I mean, our offense our offensive line is playing really well. And I think a lot of it has to do with the with the offense itself. Teddy Bridgewater is a very smart quarterback. He's not going to take a lot of hits. Very similar to Drew Brees. I think he learned that under Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take a sack. I'm just going to throw the ball away. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get hit. And so my offensive line hasn't given up a, up a sack in, uh, in two games. So <laughs> he's only been sacked eight times. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to – I'm really skeptical of that uh, continuing against the Bears. I think Teddy may get hit a couple times. Uh, but our offensive line is playing well. I mean, we've got Russell Okun, the left tackle, veteran, uh, been around the block. Um, our offensive line has played together. Matter of fact, while we are under a new regime, there's a lot of continuity there. With uh, We have Matt Paradis um, and Russell Okun. They played together in uh, in Denver in 2016, and they were also coached by uh, Pat Meyer in San Diego. Uh, Pat Meyer is our offensive line coach. Now, so while there's a lot of – there's there's a new regime in Carolina. There's a if you look at our rosters, a spider web of, of of continuity. There's a spider web of relationships there that that kind of go back. So um, I think it it, it is going to be interesting to watch. I think that's going to be something to watch. How our offensive line uh, can hold up. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of play calling, a lot of quick play calling. Again, we're going to challenge you. Another question I do have. I'm watching some uh, some film. Another question I have is what what do you guys like to play do you guys like to play a lot of man-to-man zone is it mixed I saw a lot of man-to-man coverage against the Bucks, if I'm not mistaken yeah I think that we're better in man-to-man uh especially with our linebackers like because you were saying you know you want to challenge us horizontally and put our linebackers in in uh you know in bad situations um that kind of shouldn't have sent a shiver up my spine uh, because the Bears had a decision to make during the offseason between keeping either Nick Witkowski, um, who was a young guy that we drafted and kind of developed in his four years in a Bear uniform and earned his way up to uh, starter. You know, uh, Roquan and Danny Trevathan missed time last year, and he was on the field replacing both of them at one time or another, and he was a stud uh, last year. Or do we bring back Danny Trevathan, who is like the emotional leader of the defense? He's the guy, you know, the play caller and blah blah blah. Or do we go with the young guy that we've been developing? We decided to go with Danny Trevathan, and early on, like in the first few weeks, if there was a tight end coming across the middle of the field, who was always running behind him, trailing in coverage, but Danny Trevathan, and it's just like, okay, so did 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 Danny get old overnight? You know, he's thirty thirty one now, or, or whatever it. Or whatever it is, are they just? Is this something that's always been a problem, and they, we were exploiting it for the first time? He had a better game against the Buccaneers. I think they were looking more downfield than they were across the the middle. But if that's what you guys are going to do, it definitely could seem like something that could hurt us, especially if yeah. you do catch us in in a zone. And Danny Trevathan's yeah. got to got to defend a portion of the field. He has not done yep. that well so far this year. That is exact. That is exactly what Joe Brady does. If you're going to sit out in the zone, you're going to catch a Robbie Anderson coming across that where it's Danny Danny Trevathan's responsibility, and it's it's going to be. That's what we we feasted on teams. Just and it, we feasted on teams getting the ball out quick, maybe five to ten yards, and then those five to ten yards turn into like thirty yard games because the the yard uh, the yards at the catch is just incredible. We've got two really fast 
uh, 1A, 1B receivers. And I think I think it would be better uh, for you guys to play man-to-man, but at the same time, it's going to be really difficult to man up on our receivers, our outside receivers. It's going to be hard. And we and Joe Brady, I mean, he likes to spread it out, four wide, five wide. Uh, with And we don't really use our tight ends that much. Uh, they're there, but they don't get a, a lot of action at all. Uh, but it, it's a lot of four or five wide, spread it out, and you're going to have to cover every single blade of grass out there. It's really difficult. Um, now I see, I mean, just at, watching as a, a layman, watching the Saints play, um, and just I, ha- I never really diagnosed and, and analyzed their offense. But now that it's our offense, essentially, I understand why it's so difficult because it's, it's really tough. I mean, you put linebackers in space to, to make a decision on whether to cover a, line, uh, cover a running back uh, or cover the, the wide receiver coming across their zone. It's just tough. It's tough. It's really hard. And I think we'll be able to move the ball. Um, again, it's just a matter of can the offensive line hold up. Because if you're playing man-to-man and the offensive line can't hold up, that's where that's the weakness, right? So if you if you if you guys can get to the quarterback, I think that's where you'll succeed. If, if you start to knock Teddy off his mark, uh, you hit him maybe four or five times, a couple sacks. I think that'll that'll lend in your favor one hundred percent. And I think that's where that's going to be the true matchup for Sunday is how the trenches are are handled uh, on Sunday. Can the Bears get back to running the ball as well as we did the first few weeks before we ran into two of the best run defenses? in football in Indianapolis and Tampa Bay. That's like number one and like number three in run defense uh, in the NFL. We could do nothing against either of those teams. But against Detroit, against New York, against Atlanta, you know, we were playing on their side of the ball as far as the run game is concerned. Can we get back to that if the Panthers at times have have trouble uh, defending the run? And then on the flip side, can we get to – Teddy Bridgewater can we disrupt and and make him make a mistake here and there because we certainly didn't do it last year when he was in New Orleans he picked us apart and then all of a sudden he started finding Michael Thomas for everything and now we're really in trouble uh kind of thing yeah and especially if you guys because you know like you were saying Joe Brady the thing about really great offensive coordinators is not so much that they're smarter and that they come up with these really great schemes is that is that what their schemes do is get defenders out there thinking. Like, do I want to do here or do I want to here? And by the time you think you've made a decision, it's too late. You know, or you, you yep. pick wrong because you were thinking about it too much because football is a read and react sport. The best teams see and do, see and do, see and do. And those teams that are out there getting their asses kicked every Sunday are the ones that are like, wait, did I get this guy or do I get this guy? Do I need to be here or should I, you know, should I crowd the line of scrimmage? Should I back up? And before you know it, everything's happening around you and the ball's gone over your head or the running backs past you and there's points on the board. Or there's a first down you couldn't give up and, and things like that. The really great play callers are the ones that get the defenses thinking instead of reading and reacting. And Joe Brady did that last year with LSU and putting up a million points and making Joe Burrow the greatest quarterback that ever lived. And you know now it seems like he's he's uh, you know building something like that with the Panthers right now. Yeah, yeah, no, and and, and people forget you know Teddy uh, Joe Brady actually taught Teddy the system when he was with the Saints. So okay. there's that relationship there. It's more. Teddy's system uh, than it is Joe Brady. Teddy knows the system like the back of his hand due to Joe Brady. Right. Um, so it, it's it's not that's why our offense has been able to take off and been able to be so good early because there's no again if you look at our roster it's just a, a web of continuity a web of relationships that lend to this team being pretty solid 
and it, it didn't look right on paper um, initially, but as you go back and, and you can kind of see it on the film, you see all the Teddy really, really trusts Robbie Anderson. Like Teddy and Robbie Anderson played together uh, with the Jets for a brief stint, but they're also from Miami. They're, they went they're, they're together in Miami. Robbie Anderson also went to Temple, played under Matt Rule. So there's all these, these different spider webs of relationships that just work. And I think, I mean, the offense is, is it, the offense is playing up to my expectations. While, while they're not scoring as much as I'd like, um, they are moving the ball pretty much at will. I um, mean, it's really difficult. And I think if you listen to Joe Brady, um, uh, excuse me, not Joe Brady, if you listen to uh, Joe Burrow talk about this offense, um, Joe Burrow said it, it, he makes Joe Brady makes it really easy from a pass perspective because there's somebody always open, and that's what that's what this offense is doing. There is somebody always open. When you look at the film, Teddy will miss somebody that's wide open just for taking a little bit the underneath. Teddy will 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 not take the deep shot, but hit the guy. Under. There's always there's always somebody open. So that's what's difficult about this offense. It's really hard to guard. Um, and again, I think the only way to disrupt that is by uh, getting in uh, Teddy Bridgewater's face, making him move the pocket. Now he'll run when he has to. I think you guys saw that last year. Uh, mm-hmm. He'll run when he needs to, but he won't do it first. He's not a run first guy. Yeah, uh, he ran for a touchdown against the Cardinals, uh, but he won't do it. But he'll do it if he has to. Um, so that's something else you got to prepare for too. So it's 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 a hard offense. It's a really hard offense to uh, to uh, account for. It's really difficult. And then sure. one thing that, that kind of worries me, and, and I've seen this league-wide. It's not just an issue with the Bears because of COVID and the lack of contact and also because of the collecting bargain, collective bargaining agreement they signed a few years back where they basically eliminated contact in practice is that the team that can tackle the best will usually be the one that comes out on top because they're not giving up those, those extra yards. And we're seeing teams all across the league struggle with this. I mean, it's one of the big reasons the Bears are struggling in in the run the way that they are. It's just that uh, we're not tackling when we're at, and the first guy doesn't make the tackle. It's always the second, the third or the fourth guy that finally brings the guy down, you know, instead of the, you know, the first guy making contact in the hole makes the tackle, so it's a 1-yard gain or a 2-yard gain instead of he gets past the first guy, now it's an 8-yard gain uh, and things like that. If you get your guys out in open space, the person that that approaches him first, whether it's a safety or a linebacker or the corner stepping up, has to make the tackle to minimize the damage as much as humanly possible. And the Bears have had trouble with that. So that kind of you know gives me pause about what we might see if Bridgewater has time to find that guy that's always open. Man, it's it's funny you say that. I thought I thought we were the only team that couldn't tackle because uh, that's that's our problem too. Is we cannot tackle. I guess you're saying. What you're saying is a league-wide thing. That that is absolutely true because uh, we are having re- really, really, really bad uh, uh, problems tackling. It's it's a it's a really bad issue. Uh, we see it. Uh, just talk. You you can go back and turn on the Todd Gurley run, the touchdown run from last week, and we saw it. Uh, but nobody could get their hands on. Nobody could bring them down. We can't tackle. So we're we're having some of the same issues, man. Yeah, that was that was like uh, music to my ears right there hearing that. Well, I mean, we saw the same thing against the Falcons week number three. They had like a 35-yard touchdown run where it was straight up the gut. Guy ran right up the middle. First guy misses. He makes, you know, first guy can't make the tackle. He makes the second guy miss, and then he's off to the races. Uh, He's in the end zone. It was Hill or Hall, whoever the second guy is for 
the Falcons. He was the one with the big touchdown run. Gurley had another run later on in the game uh, for touchdowns. Like Matt Ryan didn't do much against the Bears outside of that first drive of the game. It was the running game that was killing us against uh, uh, Atlanta before they forgot how to play football there in the fourth quarter and just let us blow right past them. So, um, you know, and it, like you said, it, it is a league-wide thing. Um, last year I had Emery Moorhead, who played on the 85 Bears team, on the show, talking to him about how different training camp was during his days under Mike Ditka versus what they are now and the correlation between, A, the number of injuries that you're seeing uh, versus what you used to see back then and uh, and everything else, like the poor tackling and everything, because you've got the best athletes in the world, football players, not practicing in football most of the time that they're in practice. It's a lot of mental reps, a lot of walkthroughs, so they're not actually practicing tackling. And what's the one thing that's suffering in the league most right now is tackling. There's a lot of teams that just suck at tackling because they're, they don't practice it like they used to. There's no full contact yeah. practice twice, three times a week or every day uh, like it used to. And, yeah, it might help preserve their bodies, but it's, it's putting a lousy product on the field when the best defenders in the world can't wrap up on somebody. Very true. So very, very true. You know, it is something that, that we've been that we've been seeing is that, you know, you have football players that don't practice the fundamentals of football and that's the first thing to go when you're when you're when you're out there. You know, you'll do something stupid like lower your head instead of keeping your head up so you can see your defender when you wrap him up and, and things like that. And we're seeing it happen all over the league and it's really coming down to you know whoever can tackle the best would probably be the last man standing when it all comes down to it so i agree all right so i think we're uh we're running short on time so uh you know rashad i appreciate you coming uh on the show we look forward to the game uh on sunday because uh, you know to me it's uh it's a coin toss as to how this one's going to to shape out you know like i th- i think that the you know the bears are definitely capable but the Panthers are hot right now and number the other thing just a little caveat for you Matt Nagy is oh for the century as head coach for the Bears after buys slash mini buys as head coach wow that's so, the same yo we had the same issue with Ron Rivera same issue we had the awful buys we were terrible I didn't yeah, know that like, I don't know what it is about that 10-day break or about that actual bye week but Matt Nagy sucks at it we've like we we had a we had the Thanksgiving game against the Detroit a couple years ago, you know we're we're on like a five game winning streak. We get ten days rest to play the Giants, who were three and eight at the time we lost. <laughs> like <Wow>. what? That's <laughs> like, interesting nugget there. Interesting yeah, nugget. it's it's one of those things that Nagy has yet to win a game coming off of a buy slash uh, mini buy. We're we always slow out of the gates, or we just don't look ready to play, or whatever the situation is. You know, it, it, it could come it could be a factor or at least in my determining who's going to win or lose this game. It's a factor for me yeah. because I've watched, you know, every one of these buys slash mini buys. We come out flat and we just flat out don't win the game. So, um, you know, that could be a contributing factor as to, you know, just, un, you know, unlucky with Matt Nagy or whatever it is. But that's definitely something to keep in mind if uh, if things go Panthers way on Sunday. So. Yeah. For, for yeah, for me, I'm it's guarded optimism. Uh, we're playing well right now. Um, I wouldn't surprise me if we won. It wouldn't surprise me if we lost. Again, yeah. there's a lot of injury concerns on our side. If we can get Brian Burns on the field, I think it, that'd be great because we don't have a ton of depth behind him. 
but uh, again, I, I think I'm with you. It's a toss up. Uh, I just hope for, hope for the best and uh, hopefully we can get get the job done and keep it moving because we got the Saints after that. So right, yeah. Uh, I was just looking yeah. at your schedule. This this you got the Saints and then got the Falcons again. You got a rematch with Brady coming up again and and things like that. So some yep. big divisional games for you guys uh, coming up. So. Those are all important for sure. So, uh, so where can we uh, keep in touch with you guys? Where can we find the show? Yeah, so uh, you can follow us on Twitter, uh, Panther Nation PC. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Panther Nation Podcast, Facebook, Panther Nation Podcast, and also if you guys, if any fans want to join us, uh, I actually do live reactions uh, of the game uh, mm-hmm. during the game. Uh, so you can you can join the stream and, and watch the game with us there. Uh, if you're looking for some Panthers insight, uh, again, we'll be on the live stream of Panthers Nation on YouTube. Cool. I have a segment on the show that I call Knee Jerk Reactions, where I have like a little mini recorder that I do like a two-minute synopsis of what happened in the quarter. And uh, nice. I replay it. And that, that's how I kind of go through my reviews uh, in the game uh, when I do my review show. It's like, this is what I was thinking right at the end of the first quarter. And it's like, you know, and then it's like, so yeah, needless to funny. say, I was pretty upset with our performance. You should have heard me like during yeah. week one with the Lions. Ugh. Oof. I had to put an that's explicit funny. tag on the episode, man. Uh, that's how pissed off I was yeah. about that game. But yeah. um, Rashad, thanks so much uh, for yeah. coming on the show. Good luck on Sunday. Hopefully everybody comes out healthy at the very least. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Appreciate you uh, allowing me to join you on the show. And Panthers fans, keep pounding. want to thank Rashad for coming on to the show. Help us preview this game, Bears and Panthers. And I really am looking forward to the game uh, on Sunday because it really is kind of a toss-up, you know, because honestly, we as Bear fans, what part of our team can we trust right now? Uh, you know, the defense has been really good at the bend but don't break thing. You know, maybe they're loose in the start of the game, but they clamp down in the second half. Our offense even with Nick Foles at the helm, the offensive line hasn't been able to help get the running game going the last few weeks. It's pretty much been all on the on Foles the last couple of weeks. He failed against Tampa Bay, or excuse me, failed against Indy, succeeded against Tampa Bay, that kind of thing. It's like, so which one of these teams is going to show up uh, on Sunday? Can we just get the good side where the defense clamps down for all 60 minutes and we have an offensive rhythm for 60 minutes? Or do we really have to go through the growing pains uh, each and every game before we, you know, make adjustments and, and really get get going uh, out there. And then, you know, as you heard Rashad saying, you know, the Panthers uh, have been getting some things going. Uh, you know, not that that McCaffrey was holding everybody back, but the offense has been moving the ball better, spreading it around better since McCaffrey uh, went down with that injury, and he's not going to play on Sunday uh, against the Bears. I think if he did, that would be a surprise to literally everyone, including Rashad. Uh, if McCaffrey did play uh, on Sunday. So it's just like, you know, can the Bears get something going? It sounds like we have an opportunity to get our running game going against the Panthers uh, this Sunday, which would be huge for our offense, take a little bit off of uh, 
uh, of Nick Foles and, and get something going there, maybe help us open up play action, maybe catch the Panthers with their pants down, get Robinson or Mooney or, or something like that. Hopefully we can get Cole Komet involved with the offense because we did, in fact, draft him to be our tight end of the uh, future. Uh, that would be nice to see him, you know, catch his second pass uh, of the year um, and things like that. And then on defense, you know, like, you know, he asked me about Khalil Mack and it was it was the perfect timing on the question because after the first four games it was like, well, Khalil's still doing what Khalil does, but he's just not, you know, getting the sacks that he was was in the past. He's not uh, finishing like he was before. And then Thursday night happened against the Bucks where he was all up in Brady's face and uh, and everything, and the, the defensive line looked like the 2018 team, the way they were getting after Brady. That was a factor in the game, for sure, uh, on Thursday night, was our pass rush was getting after Brady and company uh, on Thursday night. It was you know disrupting things and making Brady get rid of the football, probably throwing the guys he didn't want to give it to, especially like that fourth down play. That's not who we wanted to throw the ball to, but that's who we had to give it to. Uh, in that situation because here comes Mack and Hicks and Quinn and you know, all, of those, all those guys. So um, I'm really interested to see this game. You know, which one of these teams, you know, that is a bend but don't break team will break more often than the other one does. Will it be a back and forth like this game against the Buccaneers was or will one just be able to outsmart, outthink, outplay uh, the other and, and cruise to an easy victory? And then as you heard me talk about with Rashad there at the end, can Nagy solve the puzzle of getting his team ready to play after a break? You know, will we, will we actually get a victory coming off a mini-bye? Will we be able to come off a victory, you know, because our bye week this year, we got Green Bay on Sunday night after the bye this year. That's a game we got to have, this, especially this year, with the, way the, with the way the Packers are playing. Every game is going to be important uh, against the Packers uh, this year it's not like okay well we can lose in Lambeau but win in Soldier Field. no 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 we got to take them both from Green Bay this year because we're going to lose a game that Green Bay is going to win and we're going to have to make it up by beating Green Bay uh, this year so will Matt Nagy be able to solve the mystery that is getting his team ready after the bye he hasn't done it yet not once has Matt Nagy gotten a victory coming off of a bye or a mini bye as head coach uh, of the Bears, even during our 12 and four season uh, and all that kind of stuff, we lost coming off the bye against the Dolphins. We lost coming off the mini bye to the Giants, and then last year we lost to the, uh, the 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 Saints coming off our bye. We lost coming off the mini bye to the Chiefs uh, on Sunday Night Football. So I mean, granted, we were probably going to lose to the Chiefs if we had four weeks to get ready for them, but nonetheless, the pattern still holds. Mini buy against the, uh, you know, we got the Thursday night game against the uh, Cowboys and we win that one and then 10 days rest to get ready for Kansas City and they run us off the field and kill us 26 to 3. So um, we have yet to get a victory coming off of some kind of break and hopefully Nagy can get it figured out so we can come away with a win uh, on Sunday. So anyway, I think that's going to do it. Come back tomorrow. Now, tomorrow might be, might be. I haven't gotten full confirmation just yet, but I might be able to land. He's already agreed to be on the show, but he has to get clearance. Uh, The wide receiver coach for the Carolina Panthers, Frisman Jackson. Frisman and I went to college together at Western uh, Illinois, and I reached out to him. 
He has agreed to be on the show, has to get the green light from the media people with the Carolina Panthers. So if we get clearance to do that, I'm going to have an interview tomorrow with Frisman Jackson, wide receiver coach of the Carolina Panthers, to talk a little bit more about this. And you heard uh, Rashad mention that we've got one of the more under underrated wide receiving cores in the league. Frisman Jackson is their coach. We'll ask him how it is. You know, he's got Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel and all those guys uh, tearing it up. Uh, they're kind of under the radar right now and uh, what he's uh, doing to get those guys ready for Sunday uh, against uh, Jalen Johnson and Kyle Fuller and Buster Screen and Eddie Jackson uh, and such uh, on Sunday. So fingers crossed, knock on wood, whatever your superstition is that will be able to get Frisman on the show. If not, it'll just be the deep dive get you ready for the weekend get you ready for bears panthers on sunday so come on back tomorrow see if i was able to get that interview did the panthers media folks give frisman the green light come on back and find out and uh we'll see you then so until then my name is larry d and this has been the bears talk underground The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. 
So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.